Well, good morning, church. Well, it's, it's lovely to see you all. As we were coming this morning, I thought, praise God, I've, I've got his word and all in the world is fine. And then I saw my old pastor <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness me. <laughs> I was preaching in our local parish church a couple of weeks ago and the rector was leading the service. Um, and a couple of days later, an email pinged into my inbox, feedback on your preaching. <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness me. And I, I feared to open it. <laughs> Those of you that are preachers will know exactly what I mean. Anyway, um, it was so encouraging. The thing that most encouraged me was that she said, I turned the attention to Jesus. And that really encouraged me. And if our focus is on him, we can look nowhere better but to the one who died to save us from our sins and maintains our life, our abundant life from day to day. Praise his name. So I'm not as scared as I was. <laughs> And the Lord bless you, Aunt and Bob, this morning. So I'd, I'd like to turn your attention briefly to a few verses from Ezekiel chapter 37. You'll need to keep your Bibles with you, though, because we will be looking at one or two more scriptures besides these few verses in Ezekiel 37. The valley of dry bones. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of, the, of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among them. The King James says around about, all around them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, O oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons of, and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. 
Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. In other words, we are dead. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I'm going to open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Amen. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a wonderful encouragement to us this morning. I've only got three short points. You'll be glad about that. Uh, The rector told me how long I spoke for. And I have to say I'll probably speak longer this morning, but I won't tell you how long. But praise the Lord. So my first point is this. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Who asked the question? Was it the prophet? Was it the king? No, it was the Lord. You know, God asks questions of his people. Not because he wants to torment us. Can these bones live? You know, the Lord took Ezekiel around the valley and the valley was full of bones. They weren't just scattered. There were piles and piles and piles and thousands and thousands and thousands of bones. How do we know that? Well, later on in the chapter, we read that they stood on their feet when the breath of God, the Ruach of God came into them. A vast army. So there were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of bones. And the Lord took the prophet around the valley. Did he take him around the valley to torment him? To make him realize that it was impossible for the bones to live? No, he didn't. Can these bones live? Very briefly, I want to draw your attention to one or two other questions, then we'll come back to Ezekiel 37. But God asks questions of his people. In Genesis chapter 18, 
we read that three men came to visit Abraham who was sat in his tent door in the middle of the day. It was very hot and he was taking a breather. And three men seemingly came to visit him. And we're not going into the story in detail, but there were two angels and the third man, the commentators tell us that it was a pre-incarnate appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lovely. And the Lord said to Abraham, he repeated what he'd promised before. You know, we can trust in the promises of God. Can these bones live? So he repeated a promise to Abraham and said, this time next year, Sarah will have a son. And she was in the inner part of the tent and the scripture records that she laughed. <clears throat> now in the previous chapter, when God told Abraham he was going to have a son, he laughed. But it was a laugh of joy at the prospect of having his own son. But the laugh that Sarah gave was a laugh of incredulity. <laughs> Impossible. So what did the Lord Jesus say in response? He said, Sarah laughed and she denied it. And the Lord said to her and to Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too... Now, did he say it to torment Sarah? No, he said it for her instruction. And he said it to encourage Abraham. Do you know the Lord repeated those exact same words, bar one, in Jeremiah chapter 32. And there he said, is anything too hard for me? The prophet Jeremiah had already said, Nothing is too difficult for thee. We have the song, don't we? Nothing is too difficult for thee. We could sing it through to great prophet, but nothing is too difficult for the Lord. But let's hear what the God-man says. In Mark chapter 9, you'll remember this story. A man brought his deaf and dumb son to the disciples for him to be healed. And they couldn't heal him. You know, at the end of the day, man can do his best But without the power of the risen Lord Jesus through the Holy Spirit, it's futile. Samuel Chadwick, a great Methodist preacher at the start of the 20th century, said this, Christianity 
without the Holy Spirit is futile. And it's the same today. The disciples could not cast out the demon, the power of darkness that was inhabiting this young lad. And he brought him to Jesus and said just that. Your disciples couldn't heal him. But if you can do anything, Jesus, please help us. And you know what the Lord Jesus said? Only believe. All things are possible to him that believes. That was the Lord Jesus, the God-man's take on things. All things are possible to him that believes. Hallelujah. So let's get back <coughs> to Ezekiel 37. Can these bones live? Now, how did the prophet respond? He said, O oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Now, what was unspoken there were these words, I firmly believe, and they're these, O oh, Sovereign Lord, you alone know whether you're going to do anything about it. The prophet knew he had the power. O oh, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Can these bones live? So, hold that thought in your mind a moment. My second point is this. What can the godly man or woman do in response to the word of the Lord? What can the godly man or woman do in response to the word of the Lord? Well, Vienna made it quite clear what is the first thing in terms of our individual responsibility, and that's to be pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And if you're out of fellowship with Jesus, there's no need to be, because the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, if we're walking in fellowship with him, that scripture, it's actually present continuous. It means the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, has cleansed us from all sin. It is cleansing us from all sin, and it will cleanse us from all sin. So we have a promise. You see, his promises are true, and they're sure. Hallelujah. So what can the godly man or woman do in response to the word of the Lord? Are you living in the book? Are you? Is it your food? Do you get up in the morning and say, I'm going to have a feast? And it's not your cornflakes or your muesli or your toast or whatever. Are you feasting on his word? Is it nourishing your soul. 
Do you know, it's, I won't, no, I'll, I'll hold myself in check. It's hard, but I will. So what can the godly man or woman do? Well, if you look at verse 7, it says this. So I prophesied as I was commanded. You see, we, we live in response to the word of God. So day by day, <clears throat> as we go about our business, Jesus just <laughs> overflows to those around about. Praise him. Hallelujah. What can the godly man or woman do in response to the word of the Lord? Just obey it and hold it forth. Those you bump into. <clears throat> we, we, I went to see our neighbours yesterday to thank them for their very kind gift to me and uh, take them a piece of cake yesterday afternoon. And they said, what are you doing for the rest of the day? And I said, well, I'm preparing for this morning because I'm preaching at a church in Stratford. And uh, they don't know the Lord. But as I was going, um, she made the sign of the cross and she said, the Lord bless you and keep you. <laughs> so, but you know, we just open our mouths and let them have a bit of Jesus. It was lovely the other week, actually, because we'd prayed for our window cleaner. He'd got a lump on his side, and he was full of fear. And that's, they were sending him to the cancer clinic. So we prayed for him that God would touch him in the name of Jesus. Three weeks later, he's cleaning the windows across the road. And Jenny's talking to this couple on the front of the house. And I came in belatedly, but Jim runs across the road and he said, I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you, I've got the all clear. He's answered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God answers prayer in Jesus' name. And they were absolutely got, gobsmacked. Absolutely gobsmacked. Jenny said, you know, it wasn't me, it was Jesus and of course, they couldn't say a word, could they? There's the testimony in front of them. So just allow Jesus to spill out. So that was my second point. Praise the Lord. My last point is this. What is an early mark of the Holy Spirit's work? What is an early mark of the Holy Spirit's work? You know, all that happened that we read, it was all through the Lord Jesus Christ. He made everything there is. And this work of recreation was through the Lord Jesus Christ. So what's an early mark of the work of the Holy Spirit? Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. <laughs> there was a noise. It tells us it was a rattling sound, but there was a noise. 
the Spirit was starting to work. In this chapter, you read, depending on which version you read, it's breath or wind. And the Hebrew word is ruach. I'll put my breath into them and they will live. Hallelujah. That's what the Spirit does when we come to Jesus and ask him to renew us and fill us with himself. So when the Spirit starts to work, there's a noise. In Acts chapter 2, verse 6, it says this. You'll remember that they were in the upper room waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And it says there was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And it fell on each of them like tongues of fire. And they all spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I have to say I love what the King James says. In verse 6, it says this, Now when this was noised abroad, when the Spirit's at work, you can't keep him quiet. Impossible. So be encouraged and seek the filling of the Spirit continually. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a conference, just a day conference, and we're rejoicing. We go to the Church of England. If you told us 20 years ago we'd be worshipping in the Church of England, we'd have said, don't be stupid, you're out of your mind. But you know, we know what's going on at national level. It's dead men's bones, isn't it? Dead men's bones. But locally... God is starting to move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I was sat at a table at this conference and coincidentally the vicar from the next door parish was on the same table. So I started to share a little about what God was doing. And she'd already heard. You see, the Holy Spirit's at work. And when he's at work, you cannot keep him quiet. Praise his name. You see what happened when the prophet was obedient to the word of the Lord. As he was prophesying, there was a a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no ruach in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the Ruach, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, the four Ruachs, O breath, O Ruach, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded. That's all we can do. Respond to his word as it speaks to us and illuminates us. And breath entered them 
the spirit of Jesus Christ was at work. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Hallelujah. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are dead. And we read those last few verses. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I'll put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. And we've seen this happen in the last 70, just over years. There was the Second World War, wasn't there, when the Jews were persecuted mercilessly. And they made vast mounds of bones which they burnt in the fire, in the crematorium. But as a result of that, the heart of the world was moved to give land to the people of Jews. Not just any lands. They did consider Uganda, of all places, as a home for the Jews. But God's purpose was in what was going on. And the Lord gave them back the land of their heritage. And they went back into the land in 1948. And our own nation was not very accommodating, really. It resisted it, much to our shame. So in 1948, they let the Jews go in and they left them to their fate. Because the Arab nations round about rallied together and were going to drive them into the sea. And what happened? There was a war and the Lord gave them victory. And they've seen victory in war after war ever since. Now you want to know what's going on in the world? Israel is God's timepiece. You look at what's happening in our nation and Israel is God's timepiece, but the moral decline, we've gone off a cliff and we're sinking fast. But the scripture says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. That's why dead bones can live. Hallelujah. There are men and women and boys and girls who need saving in our nation. And it's you and me, the church on its knees, pleading the blood of Jesus and asking him to come in reviving power. Amen. Will we hear? Will we hear a noise? The noise of the Spirit moving? Yes, I believe we will. But let me direct my final words to you personally. Can I ask you, have I been speaking a foreign language to you this morning? 
Do you know this Jesus? Do you know him personally? Do you know that he came to save you from your sins? He came to set you free and to give you liberty, true liberty. The politicians talk about freedom and liberty, which basically means you can do anything you want with anyone you want to at any time in any place. The reality is that it's bondage and it holds people. The devil holds people ever closely, ever more closely in his vice-like grip. But Christ can set you free and give you liberty. And if it is a foreign language to you, I would encourage you to come to the Lord Jesus and to invite him to take control of your life. You want to know life in all its fullness, life in abundance? Then turn to the Lord Jesus and he will set you free from your sins. By his grace, you'll be able to live from day to day. Your dead bones will live. He'll, he'll breathe life into your soul, and you'll live to him. Hallelujah. Jesus gives abundant life. Amen. Call upon his name. Let's just pray for a moment, shall we? Father, we do worship you. We thank you that you're the same God today as yesterday. We can depend upon you, Lord. And Father, you still ask us, can these bones live? And we can answer, Lord, yes, they can. If you will move by your spirit. And so we'd call upon your name. We praise you for what you're doing, Lord. We praise you for the mercy drops that we do see. But we long for so much more. Lord, we know we're living in the end days, the last of the last days. And we would call upon your name and plead the blood of Jesus, and pray that there might be a mighty in-gathering before the end comes and it's too late. Oh God, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.